Hallelujah. Oh, majesty. We have majesty in this house this morning. We have the majestic, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in this place this morning. Because the word says that when there's one, two or more gather in the name of Jesus, he is there. Thank you, Jesus, for being here today. Thank you for coming to this house. Thank you for coming to meet with us. Thank you, Jesus. Everything we do this morning, we want to do it for your glory. We want to do it because we love you. We want to glorify you, Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Okay. Um, today I want to talk about surrendering our lives to Jesus. Our lives is, surrendering our lives to Jesus doesn't end at the moment we get baptized and we receive the Lord. Surrendering life is a continuous process. Um, until the day he calls us, really, we've got to learn to surrender our life to him. And I just want to talk about this because I've been in this wave of understanding who our mighty God is and who sits on the throne and who is the king of kings. And I feel humble in his presence. And he loves that. He loves that we are humble. He loves that we put our hearts to him. The worship was beautiful this morning because he's talking about laying it all down to him. You know, that's God's will for our lives, that we submit to him, to his will. He's made it very easy to, um, to do that with Jesus. I think this connects to Andrew's message last week when he was talking about learning to stand. And as we learn to stand, um, we understand that we have to um, accept God's will for our lives. And even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's not what we expected, we it's our duty as Christians to stand in his word and to pursue truth and righteousness above everything else. So I think the message, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really touched by the worship because it's, I really feel the presence of the Lord this morning and it's really, I feel overwhelmed, I feel humble because I know, I know he's here. And and I want to explain that a little bit more if we go to um, Acts 
do you want? We're going to start from 51 just to understand a little bit better, get more background on this. It says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobey God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to the knees, to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. We'll carry on to eight. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church, he went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. And then we'll move to um, nine, uh, so Acts nine, Saul's conversion. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, 
for they heard the sound of someone's voice, voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened up his eyes, when he opened up his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling. Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Amen. Amen. So long story, but worth reading it again, because every time you read it, you find something else about this amazing encounter that Saul had with Jesus. And the moment that changes Saul's life, life. and we know how powerful and how anointed he became after this encounter. So I like this story because um, I identify myself with, with Saul. You know, I, I wasn't uh, killing Christians, but what Saul was doing is that he, wants, he was against God. So you don't have to be a murderer or, you know, get to this level to be similar to, to Saul in this level, or Paul after. Because we all have been against God at some point. We all have been rebellious. We come from a sinful nature. We all rebelled against him. I rebel against my Lord. And when you, when you think about Saul uh, being this powerful man, having all the authority, to do what he wanted, you know, having all the backup from his masters and his kings, and now being left to himself, losing his sight, you know, su such basic things like not even being able to walk or to, to see something so essential. And at this point, he's nothing. He loses all his power and he's reduced to accept Jesus' calling. And it says that the Lord used Ananias, and Ananias went and did 
what the Lord had asked him to do. And when Ananias got there to help um, Saul, Saul has a choice to either take that offering or carry on the way he was. It was a voluntary decision. He could have recovered his sight and carry on doing what he was doing, but he chose not to because his encounter with the Lord um, changed his, his perception, show him his glory. Once you see God's glory, you don't wanna go back. You don't wanna go back. So it becomes a free decision to surrender your life to Jesus. That's what Saul did here. I will speak about him as Paul because then he became Paul the Apostle, and he made that decision. It's a free decision, not just at the point of baptism, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we, when we say the, 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 the prayer of salvation, we can actually surrender our lives to Jesus every day. And it's really, really important that we do that. So, um, so that we can fulfill the purpose that God has given us. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. Um, he had a, God had already um, designed a purpose for him. And that's why Ananias challenges him and says, um, are you sure that you want me to go and talk to this man because he's the one that's been killing Christians? And I have to say, for me, um, that decision wasn't easy, and I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure how your experience was with Jesus, how the encounter was. But for me, I was in the dark. I was in a very, very dark place. Um, but once he came, there was no other alternative for me than, than to go with him. One of the reasons why people struggle to make this decision is because there is a cost to it. There is a cost. So you can decide, yes, I'm gonna serve the Lord and I'm gonna live for him, but a lot of people in the world, even though they understand that this is their natural environment, they struggle because they think, why am I gonna have to give up to follow Jesus? So I had to decide what the cost was going to be, understand what the cost was going to be, and accept that that was gonna be my decision. So um, if we go to Luke 14, Luke 14, 25, 25, we start. The cost of being a disciple. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, 
You must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So we, we don't know exactly what, um, what happened during those three days that Paul was blind. We don't know if the Lord spoke to him again. We don't know, but that was a particular moment where he had to decide whether he was willing to take the cost. And, and the word says that we must leave mother and father, brothers, or you know, be disliked for him. I do apologize. I'm having some breathing issues this morning, and that's why I'm struggling to flow. So I apologize. It's <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> can't breathe very well today. Um, but there is a cost. There is a cost against the world. There is a cost. Um, to walk away from, from family, from things we, we like. There is a cost to be a true follower of Jesus. There is a cost to be standing here right now, and even though I'm struggling to breathe, to still be trying with my every little bit of breath to glorify him. Because what I'm speaking about is what I've lived with him. You see, I, I, I thought I'm gonna lose friends, I'm gonna have to stop doing this and this. But I thought, where am I gonna lose more by carrying on the way I am or by, or by actually going to him? If everything he promises is love and peace, what, what, am, what am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? And, and the cost is worth it. The cost is worth it. And you know, there's been times where I've had, I've had friends that haven't spoken to me or people that have decided to walk away from my life or, but when, when you choose to be a true disciple of Jesus, you know that he is with you. And even though you might be left alone sometimes, he is always with you. And, and that there's, a, there's a purpose that you must follow, uh, like Paul did. I was challenged by um, following my Lord or staying where I was. Um, but I tell you that it's been absolutely worth it to have decided to follow Jesus. And, and it's not easy sometimes to, to be standing here and trying to say the things you want to say, but um, just having Jesus as my King and my Lord, um, I die to myself. I die to anything, illness, fear, anything that wants to take over me. And he takes over me. He takes over me. He takes over me because of his blood, because his blood washed me, because he died on that cross so that I could be what I'm meant to be, so that I could fulfill the purpose that the Father has given me. And, and 
I thank Jesus for that cross because the cross is worth the cost because every benefit that the cross brings uh, makes it worth it to walk away from whatever treasures the enemy wants to put in front of you. And it makes it worth it to be a disciple of Jesus. It makes it worth it to follow uh, Paul's scriptures. I believe that those three days that... um, Paul was blind, he had that encounter with Jesus, didn't leave him, that didn't, um, that really changed his thinking, um, and that gave him something that he didn't have, and that's why he became obsessed about Jesus, he became a lover of Jesus, uh, he was planting churches uh, because of Jesus, because of the mighty Jesus, and is is the cross. Jesus had to pay a cost through that cross with his own death. He had to go and be tortured and hurt for us because he knew that after the sacrifice of the cross was fulfilled, um, the greatest gift from the Father would be available to us, which is eternal life, which is a relationship with him. So I thank Jesus that he showed me that the cost is nothing, it's absolutely nothing compared to what he gives me today, and the cost is nothing for you, and it's, it's worth surrendering his, uh, our lives to Jesus, it's worth coming to him every morning, it's worth coming to him right now and saying, Lord, I need strength because my mind is playing up today, but my spirit, my spirit wants to speak about you. My spirit wants to worship. So right now, this is the Holy Spirit here taking over. You've just witnessed what happened. I had no words, but now I I said, Lord, I surrender this preach. I surrender this message this morning. What a better way than actually demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit and the benefit that it brings to follow Jesus, to be truthful to Jesus, to pursue the truth above all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He lives. He lives. He lives. And it's not even that I'm nervous. I'm really, I wasn't feeling well this morning, but as you can see, when we put our eyes on him, everything changes. Everything changes. And Paul, Paul was, was lost, Paul was against God, but once he encountered Jesus, everything changed, and, and he's left us some of the most amazing uh, um, instructions to, to walk with him. Amen. Um, what else did I have? Um, yeah, sorry, I kind of lost my way. One thing I really, really... In- <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, I just, I just want to say, I'm just going to close this, and I'm, I'm just going to flow naturally, because um, um, as I was talking about creation a few weeks ago, you know, unless you're attached to the creator, unless you are dear to the creator, you're not going to flow. Even if you're a Christian, and you, there are things that you still haven't surrendered to the Lord, you're not going to flow naturally. One thing I've learned is that when I put my eyes on him, I flow naturally. I flow in his presence. I, I feel his presence. He moves me. He takes over my hands, my mouth, everything about me. And that's what I love. And that's God's will, that we surrender everything to him. We surrender our spirit. We surrender our life. We surrender situations. And, you know, we can actually 
actually do that every morning, every new day. It's a new opportunity to go and say, Lord, I, I'm still carrying this. I still haven't let go of this, but I want to surrender it to you this morning. I want to give it to you this morning, Lord. And there are many ways to do that. You can confess what you still are not letting go, whether it's mentally, physically, even spiritually. You can go and surrender that to him. You can go and nail it on the cross, anything that is not um, God's will that is against God, you can go and nail it to the cross, whether it's anger, whether it's lust, lust whether it's fear, whether it's rebellion, anything, you can go and nail it to the cross. That's why I love the cross, because I can go and surrender anything to him, not just myself, but any, any area of my life that is not God's will. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, you know, and, and the one thing I love about surrendering my life to Jesus is that I am surrendered, so, surrounded by him. That when I'm surrendered to him, I am walking in his presence. That wherever I go, his presence is with me. He's, 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 he, Jesus is always with me. And, and that's really, really important for us because there's still an adversary out there. And it wouldn't surprise me that this is a bit of an attack here because of the things I need to say to you. That there is an enemy that wants to attack you. That if, you, if he finds you threatening, he will try to attack and take your words and take precious things to you. But if you surrender your life to Jesus. He, he can't touch you. He can't, he can't come near you. He can't, he can't achieve his plan anymore in your life. And the word says, there was a, a special scripture I had for that. And that was on James 4, 7. Yeah, here it is. Okay. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, humbling, surrendering our lives to Jesus means that humbling, recognizing that without him, we are nothing. And I love saying that to the Lord every morning. Lord, without you, I am nothing. Lord, if I don't have you in my life, I'm dead. I, I'm, I'm not alive, Lord. I'm not alive. And you know what? The enemy hates that. The enemy hates that you used to be who you used to be. And, and even though he tempts you sometimes, you still choose to be humble at the cross and to be, to be surrendered to Jesus. And he hates that. He hates that. But God says, he, he promises that if we humble in front of him, the enemy will flee. So there are many benefits of surrendering our lives to Jesus. But the main thing is that we can't live without him. We can't function without him. And that he, he loves. He loves that we put our hearts and that we surrender everything that we are. He loves that. He loves that. I don't know how many of you want to delight the Father and, and the Son this morning and surrender your hearts and surrender your souls and surrender things that you're still carrying. But I want to surrender everything to Him. I want to surrender my life. I want to surrender my family. I want to surrender the ministry. I want to surrender everything to Him. For He is the King. He is the Lord. He is our Savior. He is the Son of God. Hallelujah, I give him praise, I give him all the glory this morning for surrendering is a very easy thing, brothers and sisters. It's a very, very easy thing. And he loves that. And, and I hope 
this message has blessed you regardless of the little hiccup there. <laughs> so, sorry.